Welcome back, everyone, to the Men on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Brad Richard, and shortly we will be starting our next episode. We will be providing you tools, resources, and information that you can use to make your life just a little bit better. But before we do that, let's honor our country, and then we'll begin the podcast. And that's Coming Home by Amy Scruggs, and we are privileged to have Amy on tonight as a guest on the Men on a Mission podcast. We are going to hear a full version of her single, Coming Home, that she uh, that she dedicated to veterans and to the, uh, the armed services. But that was just an excerpt. We will have the full cut later on in the interview. Um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Amy uh, Scruggs. We have her tonight, and we also have uh, Tammy on as well. And when and Tammy is with an organization called Saddles in Service, and so we're going to have her in the second segment. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a a short bio on Amy. At the beginning of 2010, Amy decided to dedicate her musical talents to the veterans and troops for all her performances from 2009 through 2011. Amy was selected as the official spokes spokesperson for the American Veterans and Vets Service Foundation of California. Amy's oldest son, Ryan Scruggs, stepped in uh, into lead guitar in 2011 and shared the stage and the dream with her by performing alongside, alongside her. Amy's single, Coming Home, written by David Adams and produced by Paul McKenna, is a celebration song for our military heroes. Now, Amy is a uh, best-selling author, she is a recording artist, she is a TV host, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to let her fill in all those blanks. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that intro, but welcome to the podcast, Amy. Thank you. I think the last one would be she is exhausted, but this is great to be here today. Thank you right. so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there's so many things that we can't possibly get to in 30 minutes, but uh, we're going to have we're going to have links in the show notes 
And um, you and Tammy, who we're going to be speaking with from Saddles and Service, um, in the second segment, you guys are friends and you know each other. Uh, and so that's why we're talking to both of you. I know that you have a nonprofit organization called Voice for Heroes. So if you could tell the listeners about your nonprofit and then your music business um, and just all the things that you've done. Now, you've had a veteran television show and then the, the different performances for veterans and uh, the national anthems and things of that nature. So I'm going to let you run and uh, run with that while I get a drink and we're going to listen to your story. So uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's all you. Well, thank you so much. Again, it's it's a pleasure to be here. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you touched and highlighted on some of the work that I've been able to do with the veteran military community over the years. And it's really been such an organic led process. And I'm so grateful to have my dear friend Tammy here with us today, the you know founder, co-founder of Saddles and Service, which really pairs in and you'll find out how that goes along with Voice for Heroes and why I created Voice for Heroes in the first place, just to be here doing interviews just like this, to be sharing the message and getting the word out there of all the ways that we can support our veteran community. But I started off at three years old singing the national anthem on the fireplace with a hairbrush. I just knew that that was what I was going to do. I knew that I was going to sing. I started playing by ear on the piano at three, went into classical lessons by the time I was five and classically trained vocally as well, always singing throughout school, high school and, and out in the community. My dad is an Air Force veteran. And so my parents really instilled that red, white, and blue and how to honor our heroes and and just make that part of that's who we were, that was our life. And so I always looked for ways that I knew I was gonna encompass that into my career or into my world and how I've raised my children. And uh, in 2004, I was able to start recording in Nashville and kind of had the music door opened up. I have a big background as well in business and in wholesale mortgage and sales and leading sales teams. At 2004, I was doing both. I was running a, a sales team here in the Southern California area, as well as going back and forth to Nashville and working on my music career at the same time. And in 2007 and eight, we know what happened to the real estate and mortgage community. It, the rug literally came out from underneath my feet. That part of my career that sustained providing for the kids and providing for us, that literally vanished overnight. And I remembered my manager in, in Nashville in, in 04, when I started that first project saying, Amy, the artists that run it as a business are the ones that make it. They call it music business for a reason. Run it as a business, keep your passion and, and who you are involved and go do it. So when the, when the mortgage and real estate industry collapsed, I realized what a great time for me to take the music business and put it out there and take that talent to the road. And I started asking for the business at the same time, my children and I were volunteering at the USO facility that was near us. And so we would go and welcome the, the soldiers as they came through and serve sandwiches and got to know the directors and the volunteers there and just loved being a part of anything going on in our community that was tied to serving the troops that were coming through our community. And so I was still singing and out there rebuilding a career from, from nothing after losing the other one. And it was interesting how both worlds kind of melded at the same time, because within six months, uh, by asking for the business and running it like a business, I was able to open for Clint Black on the 4th of July in Camp Verde, Arizona. And that was my first big national stage. That was an incredible moment and opportunity that opened that door. But at the same time, I was also becoming very well known 
for being out and singing the national anthem in the community and being a part of the veteran community. And I watched these two worlds start to collide and I was able to meet some amazing veterans from the AMVETS community there in Southern California. And they said, gosh, we really could use you to sing the 4th of July at Fort Irwin, one of the largest bases we have in the US and training facility. And next thing you knew, I have a full concert book for 4th of July, the year after Clint Black. I'm, I'm now at Fort Irwin and it just, the, the word spread quick. And before we knew it, we really had an incredible partnership and I was meeting more and more amazing veteran families. It wasn't just meeting veterans at a show. I would see some of the same families. I would go and then they would ask me to sing at their deployment or they're coming home, or I would be there for command change ceremonies. And uh, there was one special event we did one year that uh, they were doing it, what they called an I do take two. And they had about 40 different service members that wanted to renew their vows to their spouses after coming home from deployment. And so we sang music there for them. And we even wrote a song, my music partner at the time and I, we wrote a song for it and everything and got to be a part of this wonderful wedding ceremony for our heroes. And it was just so special, the opportunities that my children got to be with me through these as we one at a time built these relationships with families and with veterans. And uh, it was, I went on to be able to then open for some of the biggest names in country music while I was doing that. We were out there touring. We would visit veteran posts. We would visit the veteran community and we would also get to do incredible shows and tour the country doing that. And it was an incredible season. It was hard work. It was but it was eye-opening. And, and every time I sing the national anthem, for me, it's not about standing there and going, oh, this is a performance. For me, the national anthem, I can literally visualize every soldier that I've stood in front of over the last years of doing that. When I would stand in front of wounded warriors that had just come home and they are still literally just off the plane coming home from being wounded. And I'm standing there singing our nation's anthem to them. You, you don't come out the same from that. It changed me forever. And I have such respect and reverence for every word of what our national anthem is. People say, well, I don't know the words to that. It amazes me when I, I hear the people that don't know the words to the national anthem or, well, we know it's a difficult song to sing. Well, it is. Yes, it is. But man, when you put your heart and passion and when you see the things that I've seen, I didn't serve and my children didn't serve and my father did. And so many of my friends and amazing heroes that I've met throughout the years, they have served. And so I had a beautiful opportunity as an artist to go out there really make a difference in a way that I was proud of to bring my talent and say here's how I can become a part of this community and then in 2011 moved to the San Diego area still volunteering for veterans community still very much involved but went back into the business world it opened up a little bit and so I was able to step back into sales management while still performing and put those two careers back together and kind of recruit some financial losses from that time because living on the road with kids isn't exactly the easiest thing <laughs> So um, that was a good decision to make at that time and opened up new doors that a few years later, I was now hosting a TV show called Veterans One and another one called Operation American Dream. Now I'm helping sales professionals. I'm getting to share the story of veterans on, on a TV show. I'm still friends with the veteran community and I still get to sing on request and I sing the anthem at, at the, the stadium every year. And it was just a, a wonderful combination of seeing the different channels in my life that came together and going, wait a minute. I think there's some other things that, that we could be doing here. And I, I've always been told, you know, I've got a big voice and I've always tried to use it for the right reasons. And what I loved about sitting down on the TV show was when I would have, you know, like my friend Tammy come in and sit in the seat and go, let's talk about your incredible foundation. Let's talk about the difference you're making in the lives of veterans. And I realized it was my job as a host 
to help them tell their story, to help get the word out there by doing like this podcast now to help make a difference and say, here's resources for you. Veterans don't always know the resources that are out there for them. And so I created Voice for Heroes back in 2018 to go, wait a minute, I get to be a voice. What if I get to take this voice now and help others tell their story, bring media attention to a foundation that may not have a PR person volunteering for them yet, that doesn't know how to get in touch with maybe, you know, documentary producers and, and, that, and local TV to get them out there and say, here's what we're doing to serve our veteran community. So Voice for Heroes came about in a way that this was a way I could now through a nonprofit, my nonprofit serves the other nonprofits. I feel like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor to say, well, I've got resources. Let's help that. And it's been such a joy to see that all that come together and such a blessing. And I feel that those major shows, I, I've had such a privilege of opening for some of the biggest names in country music over the years. And I've stood in stadiums and I've had those, those dream moments on national stages that every artist would give their right arm to have. But for me, I felt like they were the reward for all of the other shows that there was no cameras, there was no press. It was me and those military families getting to know each other. And when I was singing the House of Blues, um, years back, there was one show I was doing at the House of Blues and we finished a song and I'll never forget after kind of the applause, this voice came out and just said, Amy, yellow ribbon, thank you. And I went, that's one of my families out there. It was somebody that knew me from being a part of the yellow ribbon reintegration program and a part of, you know, what I was doing out there, getting to know them one-on-one. -on -one. And that more, meant more to me than absolutely anything. And I hope that still my career and everything that I do to this day is a reflection all of that life-changing experience and now still getting to do it in a bigger way and help others tell their story. And that's how we got here today. Wow. There is so much to unpack there <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so much to open, so many cans to open. The nonprofit Voice for Heroes, what, like if, my, if one of my listeners goes to the website, mm -hmm. what, what will they find there? Do you have resources there for them on your website or tell them what to expect when they visit your, they your nonprofit. A, they can see a sample of some of the the, the work that we've done and, and some of the media coverage we've been able to get uh, for American Legions, for Saddles and Service and a few others. And then they can reach out if they're interested in saying, hey, we, we need help. We need, can you help us get on a podcast or can you come bring cameras out and do a full video project? Or we, we need some resources to help our visibility uh, so that we can let the community know that they're there, that, that they're going to reach me directly. We're going to answer their questions. And if I don't have the resource, I guarantee I have somebody who does. I've got a wonderful network of amazing people surrounding me across the country. And so to be that resource, yes, they can reach me, contact the email, come right to me, and I can say, let's find you the right resource so that we can help share your story. Okay, terrific. I'll be contacting you. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> there are several, <laughs> several things that I'm working on um, as well. Just the whole music aspect of it, to, to let you, you know, give you kind of an idea of, of where I'm coming from, uh, along with being an Army vet of seven years, I've written three books, two of them were co-authored and one was my autobiography. Wow. And I struggled deeply as a veteran. And my transition was not a transition from war to civilian life. My transition was from childhood to adulthood. And my transition happened at the age of 50 years old. I was a codependent child in a man's body for 50 years and I tried to embrace the military and uh, snap out of that childhood code, you know, codependency um, in the military. It didn't work, but I, I met some great people and I, and I, you know, 
and, and I'm very glad that I served. Um, the reason why I bring those that up is music is extremely personal to me and very important. Um, I used uh, three particular songs in my healing and in my transition and in changing things in my life. And so, you know, there's a big backstory uh, to that. But I know how powerful music is. Um, I could not have made the changes that I made. And, and, I, and I left childhood behind and I started living the life of a man at 50, which was eight years ago. And, and I do owe a lot of that to music. And so wow. your connection to veterans as well as your music is beyond uh, powerful, you know, that is, it is so important. And for veterans, some of us in our darkest times, uh, whether it's PTSD or suicide ideology, um, drug abuse, um, you know, physical, uh, like physical abuse, veterans, uh, sometimes that's all we have is music and songs and stuff to center us. And so, you know, I thank you uh, and my listeners, I'm sure, thank you for everything that you're that you're doing. But it it's really powerful when it comes to, you know, it's powerful to all people, but I think it's it's more important and more powerful to veterans because they're always in that fight or flight mode. They're always in that aggress aggressive nature. Um, they're always in the mission. They're always on high alert and music calms their soul and, you know, and, 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 and keeps them centered. So um, I can't say enough about how important that is. So wow. thank you thank very much. You. And I have seen that firsthand completely over the years of being able to perform in front of so many veterans and sometimes fun music. My former music partner, we would go up and do everything from Led Zeppelin to good country tunes and just things that people related to and wanted to hear. And of course we had the song coming home, which Dave Adams was, was my uh, partner in, in music at that time and toured with me. So we could promote that song and it, we saw a lot of lives touched and it really became an anthem, especially for the Vietnam veterans who didn't get the proper thank you when they came home. And we said, listen, this song, this song is to say thank you to you when you didn't get it. And then thank you now to all of our heroes that are coming home. And we really wanted it just to be a celebration anthem. And it was, it was, I'm very proud of the lives that it touched over the years. So thank you. It is an amazing song and uh, a great segue <laughs> to playing the full version. So we're going to go ahead and, and uh, let you listen to Amy's song, Coming Home, the full version, not just the sample at the uh, beginning of the podcast. So uh, we're going to go ahead and do that now. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Amy before we take a sponsor break and bring Tammy into the podcast. So uh, sit back, enjoy Coming Home from Amy Scruggs. Church and gets on her knees. Lights a candle and begs God, please. I can't lose another one like this. She lost her daddy to war with one, just as her life had begun. She cries out, This is my. 
And that was coming home from Amy Scruggs. And um, yeah, I, I love that song. I've listened to it several times. I know you sent it to me, <laughs> obviously. And um, yeah, I, I just love it. it it's, uh, it's a powerful song. And, and you have a kind of a soft side to it. But when you get to the chorus, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a punch. It's a punch in the face, you know. And, uh, and it's, uh, 
It's awesome. Can they get a copy? Um, my listeners, can they get a copy of that at your main website? You can hear it on my main website, amyscruggsmusic.com. I don't have it available for download right now, but I do plan on reaching the writer and making sure I've got the licensing still in place so that I can re-release and have, have that downloaded. But it's you can absolutely hear it if you go to amyscruggsmusic.com, then the song is there and you can play it over and over again. Okay, cool. I, I kind of want to wrap up uh, with with our segment and you know when, when you're traveling around and I know that you are um, working with a lot of different veteran organizations l- let me ask you a question because this is something that puzzles me I'm a I'm a uh, peer group coordinator and I and I run a peer group for veterans here locally um, and I do a workshop with them called who were you and I take them through some steps and uh, and provide them everything that I have to 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 help them and to keep more of them alive. You know, that's kind of the goal uh, of, of all of us, you know, as far as helping vets go. There is so many resources and so many organizations. And sometimes it's just a sea of help, in your opinion and your experience and background. Why do you think? we still are having such an issue with suicides and veterans struggling still because the resources are really unlimited. There is so much out there, but yet they're not taking advantage of everything. And there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a, some kind of wall that nobody is seeing. And and what do you, what do you see? What do you think when it comes to Well, I definitely, I definitely know Tammy's going to want to touch on some of this too and, and her firsthand experience and, and with what she does with Saddles and Service. But from my perspective, almost from a, I want to say a PR perspective is, is getting that word out. You don't know what's there to help if you don't know it's there. And if you're anybody who's in a, having a hard time or in depression or especially going through PTSD, they're, they're most likely not Googling what are my best resources around me. And the more that, that I think this is, is community a community issue. If every community really leveled up and saying, these are the resources in our community, reaching those veterans in their community, I think that we have a better chance. A lot of times we look at such a big picture and people will be like, well, it's so big. What do I do? Well, we start in our own community, start at your own veteran center, start knowing your neighbors around you and making sure that as a community, we're getting the words out there. We're doing podcasts like this. We're getting it on local television getting that awareness of what resources are there so we can start saving more lives. And I believe that it really can start there one community at a time and then watch it level up. Absolutely. I I think everything should start local, should begin there. When I initially started my podcast, it was a self-help podcast because of what I was teaching and what I wrote about and what I was speaking, speaking about uh, to people. And I didn't really have a connection with the overall population, just the general self-help. And I felt like I was like falling into, oh, another, you know, just another self-help person, you know, a Tony Robbins or a Les Brown or Lisa Nichols. And and I didn't want to be like any of them. I saw what was going on in, in our country and being a veteran myself, you know, my level of irritation just went through the roof. Um, time and time again, over and over again. And so last year I transitioned to, you know, to the podcast being just for veterans. I moved from larger podcast audience to local. I live 
close to Tyler, Texas, and and I'm spending most of my time when I'm not working full time here local right here in the city of Tyler with the veterans that we serve and uh, and around the state of Texas. You know, um, we, we were talking about Elkhart where one of the ranches are with saddles yeah. in service. And so, yeah, I think it's really important uh, that that you start local and my goal as a as a podcast host and as a, a mentor coach is all I want to do is help develop veterans into the leaders they already are because we need them in our cities, we need them in our counties, and we need them in our states. And we really need them to protect everybody else, mm-hmm. you know? And so uh, I'm on, that's, you know, that's my mission. Uh, the Men on the Mission podcast is is just that, is finding them locally and putting them in that place where they're comfortable to be a leader and to stand up to the, you know, stand up for the community and, and to protect uh, the people that are in it. So absolutely local, right on. I, 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 I agree, you know, with your music and with um, with the things that you've done, when you did the TV show, uh, that was uh, Veterans One. Yes. Okay. And yes. what what content did you cover on on the TV show? It was it was all other nonprofits, great resources. Sometimes an inspiring story from a veteran. I everything from all the different incredible recreational organizations, PTSD. I had doctors talking about it, uh, documentary producers coming in and talking about what they're doing to bring more information for the veteran community. And I even, one of my favorite moments was interviewing a World War II veteran who was a Normandy survivor. I have to say that's one of the most powerful moving interviews I've ever been able to host. So it was really a a whole breadth. As long as it was a, a topic that was a resource or a story or something that benefited the veteran community, they were on the show. And it was a really great experience. Where can they see the TV show? You can find it now on, on YouTube. You can look up Veterans One. It should all still be there. We had to take take the large hiatus when COVID happened. Unfortunately, haven't been back in the studio because of that, but that's okay. There's still a lot of great content there. You can find Veterans One TV on YouTube. Okay, cool. And um, the song, they can hear it on your website, Coming Home. They heard it tonight. Uh, it's a great song. And you have a lot of other music too, which is excellent. So um, Amy's uh, links will be in the show notes. So you can connect with her at her website, uh, which she does business coaching and, uh, and, a, and, a, and a lot of different things as far as, you know, lights, camera, ready. Um, that's the name of your book, right? Lights, camera, ready. Lights, camera, action. Yes. Helping light, people light, be lights, camera, action. Right. Camera ready and virtual meeting ready. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, for my audience, uh, I know a lot of them have a long ways to go um, uh, in in building that self-esteem and building that self-worth. And uh, and I know that you're doing that. You're helping people, you know, break through some barriers and that kind of stuff. Um, but you're into producing and you've done the TV show and your website is, is amazing. So I want the listeners to check it out. Check out Amy's music and check out um, her nonprofit organization, Voice for heroes and uh just reach out to her and uh follow her listen to her music buy her music uh and and all that uh and all that stuff that we want you to uh to plug into her so um if you want to just you know stay with us amy um we're going to take a short break 
And when we get back from our short break, it's, uh, it's a quick sponsor break. We're going to bring on uh, Tammy, and I'm going to ask Tammy when we get back how to pronounce her last name. So when I get back, I'll embarrass myself by asking her how to pronounce her last name. We will be right back after a short break. Welcome our new sponsored Scars and Stripes Coffee Company. They empower veterans to build their own business using their e-commerce platform. When you purchase from Scars and Stripes Coffee, you are buying from a veteran, and your purchase directly impacts the men and women who have served our country. Do more than say, thank you for your service. Order today and empower a veteran. Use vet code Brad Richard at scarsandstripescoffee.com. That's scarsandstripescoffee.com. Welcome back to the Men on a Mission podcast. We are back with segment two. First segment, we were talking with Amy Scruggs, and she is a recording artist and did a awesome song that you heard in the first segment, Coming Home. We just, we, we learned so much, and she is so involved in the veterans community. Um, she is definitely here for you, my listeners, uh, the men and uh, the men and women that listen to the, the Men on a Mission podcast. Uh, Amy is on your side, and she's definitely your friend. Uh, she uh, she loves you, and she is she's with you all the way. So we have another lady that's on with us. I want to welcome Tammy to the podcast. Uh, this is part two. Tammy, if you can help me out with your instead of me trying to butcher it, just I'll, I'll, I'll let you tell them how to pronounce your last name. Sure, I know it's a difficult one. Um, it's Olavik. Olavik. What nationality so is that? My, <laughs> sure. So my that's my husband's um, family is Croatian. So now when you're in Europe, you would say it, you would pronounce it Oluic. So Oluic. Here in America, it's Olavik. Olavik. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We are going to uh, be speaking with Tammy Olavik, and she is the co-founder of um, saddles in service and they have three branches and these ranches are therapeutic um, healing uh, ranches for veterans and and they work with horses and they do um, uh, equine therapy but I, I want to tell you a little bit more about you know Tammy so you get kind of a, a sense of, of who she is um, her dream of saddles in service became a reality when her uh, when her husband Mike retired from the United States Navy in 2016. They purchased an, an equestrian ranch in Alpine, California. A few months later, Tammy learned about a group of horses that had been rescued from an abusive environment and were in need of forever homes. Two days later, they had their first two rescue horses. Today, their home, uh, today they home 13 amazing horses, each one with a unique story. Tammy wanted uh, to not only rescue the horses, but also give them a new purpose. Her passion for veterans and their families, paired with her love of horses, created the idea of Saddles in Service. The idea grew to include first responders, law enforcement, firefighters, EMTs, and their families. These heroes have a calling to serve their nation and their local communities. Throughout their service, many of these heroes encountered unimaginable hardships that can create lifelong physical and mental health challenges. Yes, indeed. 
Tammy wanted to create a place where heroes can begin their journey of health alongside a rescue horse. Tell us how that all works. Um, I've heard of the concept before, and I know that you do have three ranches in three different parts of the country. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell us about where they're located at and what exactly goes on at the ranches. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having us. And You're welcome. You know, I have to have a little shout out to Amy because if it wasn't for Amy, which, you know, we've, we met in high school. So, but if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be where we are today. Um, Cause she brought out a news crew back in, I think it was 2018 and it changed our lives. We ended up um, being in a great documentary, Wounded Heroes by Michael Geyer. Amy recommended us to him, which then turned it into us being on the Discovery Channel, which will air this Sunday um, on Operation Outdoor Freedom. And just all these doors have opened up. And, you know, it was definitely Amy. She's just, she's a godsend to us. And, and what she does for veterans and first responders and it's just amazing. So how we're just so thankful, so thankful for her and, and for her friendship, especially. So we have now three different sites. Um, we are just opening up Texas. It's in Elkhart, Texas, and it'll be mirrored to what we do here in San Diego. Here in San Diego, um, we teach horsemanship and you learn from the predator-prey relationship uh, with the horse, all the way to doing cattle, if you want to learn how to work cattle and everything in between. And so we'll be doing that same um, program in Texas. And our Wyoming is different. Our Wyoming program is a week long program. And it's um, certain parts of the year because um, snow and all that. So we're open for, I think this year we'll be open about six months of the year for it. And so what we do is from our veterans and first responders who've been going through our programs here in San Diego and Texas, we get them prepared for this week-long program in Wyoming. We fly them up, we cover all the costs, and we send two at a time because, you know, it's, I will tell you, it's pretty strenuous. It's not just, oh, let's get on a horse and we're city slickers. No, you are on a horse. Uh, some of the days, maybe seven or eight hours of um, that day, and you're moving cattle, um, depending when you're going to be there, you may be helping vaccinate, castrate uh, the calves. And so there's, <laughs> it is a lot of work. It's not just getting on a horse and taking a little ride. So we really um, prepare our veterans and first responders for this. Because, you know, we want them to go up there. It's a challenge. And we want them to just grab that challenge and just feel such a sense of pride um, with all they've done in their horsemanship skills. You know, um, we talk about um, the suicide rates, right, for the veterans and first responders. And, you know, the first responder suicide rates are getting to match those of the veterans. And I was introduced to something the other day 
And I was reading in a horse magazine and it talks about the law of diminishing anxiety. And I started reading it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is exactly what happens with our first responders and our veterans. And I mean, really just anybody. Um, but we talk about this cup of worry and, you know, each of us, our cup may be big or some of us, we have a very small cup. And um, what happens is with a horse, you're riding your horse one day, a butterfly flies in front of you and your horse is like, oh my gosh, what was that? Did you see that? And just freaks out. They really didn't freak out over that butterfly. It was a course of events of that day that possibly I didn't recognize Oh, he was really stressed out when I was putting that saddle on him. Oh man, you know, when I, when I started riding him, he seemed a little stressed or when I was putting him in the trailer. So all these little stressors are being added into his cup. And by the time the, the butterfly flew by, that cup had already filled over, you know, it was spilling over. And even with our veterans and first responders, it may not be that I forgot to do something and my husband exploded because of that is because over the course of the day or the weeks or the months, his cup has been being filled with, you know, stressful events, um, anxiety. And so when our veterans and first responders work with the horses, we talk to them about this and talk about, yeah, you know, the horse seemed a little stressed when you put the saddle on him. So let's take some time to work with the horse, settle him down. And now, you know, he, he empties out some of that anxiety, right? So for the veterans and first responders to recognize it in their horses, they're able to also recognize it in their own lives. You know, that kind of stressed me out. What happened, you know, road rage, whatever it could be. Let me take a minute to just kind of unpack it, be done with it, move on with my life. And so really helping them address some of these small, insignificant events, but really be able to work through them. And so working with the horses, you can do that and you can learn it and you can learn the technique of recognizing something that has really affected you and taking the time to deal with it and then move forward. And so um, people ask why horses? Well, I mean, they're awesome, first of all. They're so majestic, um, but they, they really can teach us how to communicate, you know, nonverbal communication and to recognize how we, our body actions, um, even our facial expressions, Horses can read your facial expressions. And so we're really aware of ourselves. And a lot of times our veterans and first responders that are dealing with anxiety and stress and post-traumatic stress, they don't even know what they're putting out just by their physical nature, their body language. And so when they work with the horse, they really have to be aware of that. The horses also mirror our feelings. They can tell when you're angry or when you're frustrated, they'll walk away from you or they'll just look at you like, yeah, I'm not 
coming over there until you take a time out. So again, it's helping these guys really understand what they're putting out there. And so I love that the horses do this for, for our men and women and the outcome when they are working with the horses is, you know, they say they feel connected again. Um, they feel that they have a renewed purpose or a renewed hope, confidence, joy, something that they haven't felt in such a long time. And it's so cool to have a horse do that for you. And uh, the horse doesn't care what you've done, what you haven't done. The horse just wants to know that you're with them and you're in the present, you're in the moment and that you, you're going to keep them safe and you're going to have that camaraderie, that respect and um, purpose together and all it helps strengthen the individual. It can help strengthen the family, which in turn can help strengthen relationships and their own departments, you know, police departments, fire departments, um, whatever it may be, and then also their communities. So really, it's not just helping the veteran and first responder. It's really helping, you know, this bigger unit. I wanted to comment on, it wasn't the last thing you said, when you said that the horse wants to know that they're safe and that you know, that you're going to protect them to, and, and, you know, or that they are going to protect them and, uh, you know, watch over them. Um, and I had a, I had a light bulb moment, both, both you and Amy, it makes my heart sore to hear both of your perspectives because music is something that I advocate. It's something that I use myself, um, to make my changes and to make things better, you know, in my life. And the other thing that I currently teach my mentoring clients is going back and connecting with their little, with their little people, with, 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 with the other member of the team, their little boy or their little girl. So many veterans have completely cut the cord and left them behind. And when you said the horse wants, wants to know that they're going to protect them and take care of them and that they're calm and they're loving and it's like exactly and for veterans they need to have something to take care of and and to control but to protect at the same time for me the light bulb was exactly that's what i keep telling the veterans that i work with when it comes to their little guys they're little they're little men inside of them that are that are fearful angry crushed throwing a fit um you know woe is me their little guy wants to be loved protected cared for and it's their responsibility to do that to do that for their for their little self and so when you said that about the horse i went bingo i think there's an element to horses for veterans or for for men, I, I can speak for men, when you're working with horses or cattle, there are fond memories that surface from when you were younger um, about your first dog or when, you know, when you went out uh, to feed the cattle with your dad or, you know, or I always wanted a, I always wanted a pony when I was a little boy, but I never had one. 
I went out to the city and I became an executive and now I'm miserable. And then I went to, you know, the military and, and, and the story goes on. But I think it kind of brings them back to that childhood, you know, into, into that, that happiness. And so it, it has to be a very powerful uh, experience. I mean, can you share with the listeners some of the transformations that you've seen in the first responders and the veterans that you guys have worked with? You don't have to use names, obviously. Bob or <laughs> veteran A, or, or if, if you could just kind of share, because I would love to hear some of the stories of, of what you saw, uh, you know, happening with them as they were there, you know, and you worked with them. Absolutely. Um, you know, as you were talking, I thought about one of our guys, he's a Navy EOD tech. So, you know, he did the explosive ordinance. And when he came to us, his anxiety was through the roof. Oh my goodness. A little leaf would blow by and he about came out of his skin. And so I put him with a horse I had that had severe anxiety. So at first, everyone was like, oh my gosh, Tammy, I don't think that's a good idea. Why don't you give him the big Dylan, who's a 2,000 pound giraffe, that would be better for him. And I thought about it and I thought, yeah, but what's Dylan going to teach him? Dylan's not going to teach him anything. And so I paired him with Barbie and Barbie, man, she had anxiety like nothing else. But what happened was he was able to step out of his own anxiety to make her feel comfortable to make her feel safe. And he would say, it feels so good to feel this way. And, and so, you know, the hope is the more they practice it, the more um, it's, it'll be easier for them to pull themselves out of that. And, you know, you have to be vulnerable when you're with the horse, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be open and um, horses never lie but they know when we're lying. I'm going to tell you right now, they do. But, um, you know, what we do is, is when we're first working with the horse and the hero, they're in a big round pen and they're moving the horse in different directions using nonverbal communication. And you look for signs on the horse that it's ready to join up with you. It's ready to trust you. It's ready to respect you. And they're ready for you to be their leader because they're looking for a leader. You know, they're pack animals. And like I said, they're prey animals. They're looking for you to be a leader. So we have them have to identify these signs and, and their signs within the horse's um, body movement, how they are carrying their head, their ear. Um, and so when the hero realizes, okay, this horse is ready, they'll stop everything. They'll kind of turn their back to the horse and that horse will join up with them. And I see these grown guys, I mean, combat veterans, they start crying. I mean, they just tear up and there's this vulnerability, right? They're like, okay, please join up with me. And that horse joins up with them and then it will follow them wherever they walk. And it's like, you have a little pocket pony who's ready to jump in your back pocket. And it's a beautiful thing. And you really see, I, I've, I, I had one Marine who would come out first day he came out. Um, he said to me, 
Sorry, I have resting the A word, A-H word. <laughs> I don't know if I could say it on here, but he goes, I'm so sorry I have this face. And I go, oh, I've never heard of that before. I've heard, you know, other, but he goes, I'm just a little overwhelmed. And I go, oh, no problem. He goes, I really don't like to be around people, like a lot of people, and I'm a little overwhelmed. And I go, yeah, no worries. Um, when you start coming out, because it was just for his tour, I go, you'll work one-on-one -on because -one. we put everyone one-on-one -on -one with a wrangler and a horse. We don't do group sessions like that. It's all one-on-one. -on -one. And so um, the first two times he came, <clears throat> reeked of alcohol. Like you could, it was like he had been drinking for a week straight. I don't even know. And he, no smiling, nothing. The third week, we couldn't get him to shut up from that week on or to stop smiling, never smell like alcohol again. And even if it was a rainy day where we had to cancel working with the horses, he would show up anyways and just go sit in the pasture with the horse he worked with and just to sit in there for half hour or whatever. So to see that transformation was amazing. He ended up getting engaged. He got a great job up in another state. And I mean, it was beautiful to watch this guy who, you know, came all uh, scary looking to just this great open individual. And so, yeah, we, you know, we have another guy, he has a, a traumatic brain injuries. And when he started here, he's like, oh, this is a bunch of crap. All this stuff is BS. None of this works. And um, then he found out we don't have therapists here. We don't do psychotherapy. Psychotherapy for me is best, you know, when they're working with their therapist, but when they're working with their horse, they don't need someone watching them because then they're, they can't be themselves or be real. So when he found out we didn't have psychotherapy and it was truly a holistic approach, he was like, okay, maybe this will be okay. Well, his transformation was so amazing. He's actually the veteran that will be featured on the Discovery Channel. And so he came to us with no horse experience and it was at the beginning of last year. So he hasn't even been with us a year. And for the show, he taught the host, Jay Garstecki, how to ride a horse, taught him how to move cattle, like it's been amazing. And so you see these veterans who are coming through here and they're now taking a leadership role as a wrangler and they're helping their brothers and sisters who are coming in. And so we don't just, you know, I, I want to express that we don't just do a week-long program or a three-day program or whatever it may be. It's ongoing because each of our heroes come to us, you know, with different needs and goals and they're all individuals just, you know, so our program, we individually tailor it to each person. And um, we also had research done here. So in the International Journal of Health Sciences, there is an article on um, research that took place here at the ranch. And what it did was measure the heart rate variability 
And it was very interesting that it shows, it takes three visits with the horse for the brain to catch up with the heart. So, you know, everybody feels good. Oh, I'm with the horse. I feel good. This is great. But it really takes three times for the brain to start catching up and for us to start seeing changes in the brain. So that is why for us, we really wanted that approach that, hey, it may be two years someone's in our program. That's fine. And we're going to go at their pace as well. Um, but you find that nobody wants to go that slow. They're like ready to, to become cowboys and cowgirls. So um, it's been it's been great to see that. It sounds to me that, and I don't know if it's this way at all three, you know, at all three ranches, because you said one of them is a little bit different. You're giving them a mission and, you know, and they may not see it that way, but you're you're giving them something to to conquer, defeat. You know, it's like this this horse isn't going to get the best of me uh, and now I'm pissed, you know, so I, I'm, I'm going to stick it out and, and I'm going to do this, you know, and from a veteran standpoint, that is I think that's one of the most important things that is lacking is the veterans that are not serving any longer. They don't have another mission. They don't they don't have a personal mission other than a job, a wife, kids, responsibilities, yada, yada, yada. They don't have a mission. And so that transition brings them to a place of, of being completely lost. It's like, you know, I go to work to make a living and pay my bills, but that's it. And that means nothing to me, you know. And what you're giving, you know, is a mission for something for them to 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 tackle you know it's a, it's a challenge for them and i think that is super important there are probably do you have people that are terrified of animals it's like i don't want to go anywhere near them <laughs> yes yes i've had a few that are absolutely they were so scared of the horses and um but these horses are so loving and they're so awesome um, they get over it and they're ready to get on them. And they're, you know, everybody learns how to ride bareback first. I don't do the saddle. We do bareback first. Yeah. They have been scared. Definitely. Especially That's our big funny. horse. Especially yes. the big one yeah. that you have. Yes. He's a, he's a big, uh, oh, he's a big boy, but he's, you know, he's, he's the, uh, laziest. So it all works out for him. Yeah. It all works out. He, he knows he knows he's he's the uh, he's the big one in the pen, so he can just lounge around. Um, we're gonna yes. have we're gonna have your website in the show notes, and when they go there, now I know that you have the ranch in Texas, the one in Wyoming, and the one in California. Yes. When when people visit your website, tell the listeners what what they'll find there, and how does one differ, uh, differentiate between the three ranches? I mean, you know, it's like, well, I don't want to go to that one, but I, but I'd like to go to this one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because some people might be more comfortable going to the Texas one, you know, um, especially people coming from the East Coast. So, how does that work when they get there? 
Sure. So when they sign up for the program, and it's a, it's super simple. It's you know I think their name, phone number, email address, and then um, what branch of service or um, first responder status they have, and then it'll it'll say on there, do you want California or Texas? But ultimately, if they click on Texas, and they're like, oh, I really wanted California we're going to be talking with them once they filled that out. And so we work with them individually um, and talk with them about the program and what their goals are. And so, um, so really they don't have to make that decision right there on the website, but it does have that for them, that option. But, um, you know, we talk with them personally and just kind of go through what their, um, what their actual interests are. So it's pretty easy to maneuver through the, the website, but then, um, you know, we work with them on, on uh, where they want to go and what's best for them. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Do you, um, do you work with any other organizations like people that have been court, uh, court ordered, have, a, have an order from a judge that they need to, you know, seek some type of treatment or therapy or there's several, you know, services that are out there and a lot of veterans go to the services. Do you work with like younger, like younger people? I mean, do you guys have an aspect to that where um, like they may be court ordered to, to go there and to settle down? I mean, you know, cause I, I think what you're doing could, could be applied to a lot of different things, you know, a, a lot of different. Right issues right um so like yeah so really we only serve veterans and first responders and their mm -hmm. families um, okay that's what i was referring so, to yeah that's it you know and and it's interesting you say that because we did have a um an instance where someone wanted to come here and a younger teenager and wanted to do community service. Um, they had to do community service because they had gotten in trouble for something. Mm -hmm. So I spoke, and at first I was like, oh gosh, that might be okay. And then I spoke to one of our cops here who's going through our program. And he goes, the last thing I want is someone like that here. He goes, I'm here to heal and to be away from my job. And if we're going to have people here that are serving community service, that makes the, the whole atmosphere different. And I go, right. you are right. I go, you're my priority and you're right. I'm so glad, you know, I asked him that. So um, that is, yeah. Uh, now, that's not to say uh, we do have a veteran who started coming out here because he was on the suicide watch list and so the police officer talked to him and said hey you know what i really feel you should go to this program and so he started coming out here and it really made a difference in his life and so um we do have um relationships with some of these i'm trying to think of the word right now i forget what they're um vsos or vet uh veteran service officers yeah. I thought that's what you were referring to as, um, you know, the VSOs. And um, my question was, was worded really bad. And I guess I was referring to family members 
or veterans or first responders that have gotten into a place in their life where they really need some help and they and they may find themselves being ordered by a judge or by a therapist it's like you know what i'm giving you is not working hey what about this so that's kind of what i was referring to yes um okay yes we do we do yes we're working with a couple different um mental health groups out here and um also the va has us as a resource as well Perfect. so um definitely yes and we are we're a resource in addition to um you know that going in to see your therapist because there is a need for that and mm-hmm. we're uh, an additional resource for that well i've i've been and, to the um, go ahead oh i'm so sorry i had to say you know the other day we had a dad come out um <clears throat> with uh his son who was one of our first veterans we sent to Wyoming for the week-long program and the dad looked at us and um came up and he said I just want to thank you for giving me my son back and I like instantly I I tear up because yes I know we're doing that but I haven't heard that and um that just has that has struck me you know that you know here is um the gentleman is, is probably my age and, you know, and our kids, because my uh, oldest son is 28 and, um, you know, here he is saying, thank you for giving me my son back. And I, I can't even imagine what that feels like for him, you know, cause I, I haven't experienced it, but, oh my gosh, it was just so what we're doing, what we're doing is making a difference. And, and that really showed us right there. Absolutely. So, yes. I, and do you guys, you know, do you guys have, have a testimonial uh, on a testimonial page on your website? I think we do have some testimonials, but I need to get that updated because I'll tell you, we have a lot of <laughs> testimonials. You know, we had a veteran just write on Facebook the other day. Um, he said, if I hadn't found Saddles and Service, he goes, I wouldn't be here today writing this. He goes, when I found them, I was days away from taking his own life. And another veteran, he came out and said, um, you know, the day before I came here, I was planning which bridge I was going to drive off. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. You know, and you hear this and it's, it's like, oh, you know, I'm so glad you didn't. And I'm so glad you gave us the opportunity. And, um, and you know, I want to let you know, we don't charge anything. There's like no charge for this. So when they're coming out here, they can come out, like I said, as long as they want, there is no charge. We don't need insurance or anything like that. It's all um, free for them. Wow. <laughs> now, my listeners have no excuses now. You, you just took that away, right? <laughs> How do you do, do you do fundraising or, I mean, how do you operate the ranches? Is it through just donations or grants or? Yes. So donations, um, we've written some grants. We held a golf tournament last year. We're having another golf tournament this year in which Amy sang the national anthem and she was our MC and, and she will be this year as well. And we're thinking of hosting a gala later on this year. 
but um, yeah, it's all donations. And, and another um, important fact is 98 cents of every dollar we receive goes straight into the program. Um, I'm not paid. I'm the CEO. We have no executive salaries, no board salaries. Um, and so really, we are so committed to the veterans and first responders and their families that, you know, that's what matters. And so the money goes straight into our program. So you have like a, you have like 2% or less in operating costs. Yes. Wow. Well, in, 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 ex, in, um, in, uh, administrative costs, administrative costs right. is less than 2%. Yes. That's, um, that's incredible. I, I I'm the opposite. Uh, with my podcast, uh, I'm 98% in, 2% out. <laughs> so you'll have to teach me how you're doing that because that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, it sounds like a great place. Now, I know the ranch in Texas is within drive a short drive for me. And so I do plan on visiting uh, the ranch in Elkhart, Texas. It's not too far from where, where, I, uh, where I live. And uh, there's a lot of beautiful ranches in Texas. So I'm sure this one is is awesome uh and i i've seen the pictures the the photo gallery on the website uh and it looks like wyoming looks amazing california looks really incredible and so i want to uh, as we kind of wrap things up for tonight i want the listeners to go to the website saddles and service check it out if you or someone you know uh if you think they could benefit uh from from this program uh, which more than likely they will uh, definitely, you know, reach out uh, to Tammy and reach out to her team and uh, and check it out. It's, it's a great resource. It's not something that is going to cost you uh, uh, anything uh, other than maybe taking off some time from work, you know, but uh, it's not going to it's, it's not going to cost you anything. You don't have to take out a second mortgage or anything to participate in it. So uh, check it, check it out for sure. Yeah, and thanks so much, Tammy, for being on. Um, like I said, you guys are you're the perfect pair to have on because the music side and um, and Amy yeah. uh, is living the dream that I had when I was younger because I wanted to. Well, I, I was an Elvis Presley impersonator when I was younger, and I thought I wanted to be in the music industry, and that didn't happen. <laughs> so you're living my dream as, as far as the music industry goes. But I, but I kind of um, decided that instead of music, I would be a talker and I would be a speaker and I would speak and I would teach and, and do this podcast, obviously. So um, in, in a way, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it gets me the same results. Uh, I'm helping people and, you know, making them laugh or making them cry, uh, just like singers do. Uh, like I'm sure you do, Amy, I'm sure you, you, uh, you bring all kinds of emotions out in people. And so it's, it's super important uh, to, to have that and the healing aspect of the horses. Yeah, you guys are great. And uh, we'll bring Amy back in. Is there anything else that you guys want to cover before we uh, let everybody go have a late dinner? 
No, this was just incredible. I'm so glad that Tammy really got to share such amazing information on saddles and service. If you um, can reach out and support, as you as you can see, this or horses don't eat for free. They they need food, and a ranch has to run. And this is giving back to so many people. So support the organization. Reach out to me if you want to get a hold of Tammy. I've got her on a red line speed dial, so you can reach either one of us and get more information about saddles and service. And thank you for today. You're very welcome. Yeah. And check out. Voice for Heroes as well. That's Amy's nonprofit uh, veteran organization. So check out Voice for Heroes and uh, get your hands on that single coming home. You heard it tonight on the podcast. It's a great song. And uh, any any last words, Tammy, before we uh, before we cut out? You know, I have one more exciting piece of news I got to tell you because I forgot to say this. I there's so much to say I forget. <laughs> We are, we have two Border Patrol horses that are going to be retired and their new mission is to come to Saddles and Service and help veterans and first responders. And they are Mustangs. So we're getting our first two Mustangs at Saddles and Service. And um, there's going to be more coming in as well. So Mustangs, all the guys are really excited about being able to work with a Mustang, but it's great that these these Border Patrol horses are now going to live a new purpose and mission. But, you know, thank you for having us. Thank you. And thank you, Amy. And um, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for what you do. Well, thank thank you. I think all of us are on the same sheet of music. Um, (laughs) No pun intended, but, (laughs) you know, I, I think where where i'm at i mean i know that you have the love for horses and for veterans and you have the love of for veterans and music and i have the the love for my brothers and sisters becoming great leaders and loving themselves and and becoming um those pillars that all of us need to have in our lives because there's a lot of weak people <laughs> you know in the world and they they don't they're not strong they're not strong in their heart and in their mind and so i'm looking to the veterans to step up in a lot of different places uh, around the country you know and so um and i'm coming from a place of living a life of codependency and making literally no decisions for 50 years of my life the second half of my life is completely about service it, it's you know it and it has to be because i took for so long so the second half is all about you know giving um until you're broke you know <laughs> it's just but that's that's where i'm at and that's that's what i want to go out doing is serving and uh the veterans you know is 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 a, is a is a spot in my heart that i just naturally I have to work with veterans and I have to do what I can to help them. So, and I think we're all in the same boat. So I thank you, Amy. And I thank you, Tammy, for being on the podcast. We're going to have another guest in a couple of, a couple of weeks. And um, I just want to thank, thank both of you again and encourage the listeners to check out the show notes. Um, there'll be links in there for Amy and for Tammy. And we have been speaking with Amy Scruggs and Tammy Olovic. Did I get it? 
Yay for me. <laughs> you got it. Yes. Yes. And uh, it, it's been a great, a great interview. So uh, thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to wrap up the Men on a Mission podcast for tonight. It has been an awesome, awesome uh, interview with these two amazing ladies that are fighting hard for the men and women of the armed forces. So until next time, I will end like I always do. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. And most of all, your little person within you needs you more than you can imagine. Love them, protect them, and be responsible for them because they need you right now. Uh, until next time, bye for now.